Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2200. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Poughkeepsie, New York. I just love saying that. And with a very special guest by the name of Larry Treppel. Larry, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I think so. We'll have some fun here today. So before we get started, Larry, I always ask my guests this question. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you? Well, I've thought about that because um, most people don't know anything about me, but Actually, most of my friends, um, most of my friends who aren't car people, I would say that I have more friends who aren't car people than I have friends who are. Most of them don't, they know very little about the sports car market cartoons I do. And it's because really most of the co- those cartoons don't make any sense to people. Oh, if you're not you're, in the car world. Yeah. Unless you're in the car world. So, you know, I've seen them look at the cartoon and they're, you know, they've got like a blank look on their face. They don't find it funny at all. And uh, I totally understand. It'd be like um, me try- looking at uh, cartoons about, say, uh, vintage jewelry or something, you know. It's, um, you really got to be – these are insider jokes now for the, uh, car, the classic car world. Well, there's that great scene in the old Seinfeld television show where there's a cartoon in the New Yorker and everyone's trying to figure out if it's funny or not. And in the end, uh, the publisher basically goes, yeah, I don't get it either. So <laughs> sometimes <laughs> That's right. sometimes we yeah. don't. But I do enjoy your, your cartoons in Sports Car Market Magazine. I get that magazine. I advertise in there as well. So uh, bravo. I'm glad you're doing those. Let me give you a proper introduction here. Larry Treppel is a cartoonist and writer with auction coverage and a monthly cartoon featured titled Light Hand Drive, appearing in Keith Martin's Sports Car Market Magazine. His cartoons have appeared over the years in books and magazines, including National Lampoon, The New Yorker, Playboy, Penthouse, That's Sick, and in new collections this year, Send Help and All's Fair in Love and War. Growing up, Larry loved the 60s comic books and dreamed of winning the 500cc Motorcycle Grand Prix World Championship he raced his amateur events in an FZR 400 and stood on the podium at the legendary Bridgehampton race course. He turned to his last cultural love, gag cartooning. He was able to occasionally publish cartoons over the years while eking out a living, botching cars and motorcycle repairs. I think we get a flavor for what Larry's all about here. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So please give them a little bit of love. They keep the fuel in the tanks here and we'll be right back. I've enjoyed the quality and variety of Lloyd's floor mats for decades now, and I'm super excited to report that Lloyd's Mat Store is now part of the Covercraft family of products, car care that protects the things that move you. Lloyd's floor mats are the ultimate in quality and fit with carpet mats, all-weather mats, Velour Tex, Berber, Classic Loop Carpet, and they're proudly made in the USA. They're designed and sewn with the highest of quality and offer custom fitment for almost any vehicle. There's a wide variety of styles, fabrics, and colors to choose from, and hundreds of licensed logos as well. Protect your vehicle's factory carpets from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, slush, 
anything that Mother Nature can throw your way. All of your options are quality made, easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Check out Lloyd's Mat Store for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for your vehicle today. And I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, C-A-R-S-Y-E-A-H, at Lloyd'sMatStore.com, you'll get $10 off. Just use the code CARSYEAH at L-L-O-Y-D. M-A-T-S-S-T-O-R-E.com, Lloyd'sMatStore.com, Covercraft and Lloyd's Mats, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Larry, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this career path and cartooning. You, you think of cartoons, the, the old days, we all got newspapers. And I always, as a kid, opened right up to the newspaper, cartoons, enjoyed the cartoons. Well, those days are long gone, it seems like. And cartooning is very different now. It has to be somewhat, I would think, more niche, like what you're doing for Sports Car Market Magazine. But I want to back up before we get into today and talk about what brought you here. You loved motorcycles. You did a little bit of racing. You love drawing cartoons. So how did you get to this point in this career path of your life? And kind of take us on a little bit of a journey. Well, let's see. I um, started doing cartoons for magazines back in the around 1980 or so. So that goes way back. Mm -hmm. I had uh, a great instructor from the new school in New York named Mort Gerberg. He's a longtime New Yorker cartoonist. And um, he basically taught me this, you know, the, the, the way you output cartoons, the way you come up with ideas, things like that, drawing them. And um, he was a real good mentor for many years. 
And so I would occasionally publish cartoons, but um, I could see that the writing was on the wall. I, I, I you know, it's just a, very difficult to get in where you could make a living off of it. Sure. And um, I will mention that my father was also um, wanted to be a cartoonist. So he had gone to um, Pratt back in pre-war time. He, he was uh, drafted and fought in World War II in Italy. And then when he um, came back, he just decided to go into our family, longtime family business, which was um, uh, flower shops. So um, the family had had five brothers, my grandfather and the grand, my grandfather's four other brothers all ran many flower shops in Brooklyn and, and in uh, Manhattan. Oh, wow. And uh, so they got into that business, but he was kind of interested when I started to get into cartoons. He actually published some things in Stars and Stripes when he was in the, uh, in the army. And uh, I have some great pictures of him showing those to like army people and so on. So I, I think he loved that I did cartoons, but I was always very hesitant that I think he saw that I was not going to, you know, that it's just almost a near, uh, it's one in a million people who can make a living doing that. And he was worried about it. So yeah. anyway, I didn't listen to that. I went into, uh, <laughs> I went into <laughs> advertising when I got out of college mm -hmm. and then I quit because I just thought this is not fun. And uh, then I, that's when I kind of did my own, education and went to the new school and learned more about cartooning. I did it. I first published around 1980, as I said, and, um, you know, and I just sporadically did it. My father was thrilled to see cartoons and magazines occasionally. Anyway, I could tell that I wasn't going to be able to do it and make a living at it. Some people just can think of more ideas. I sometimes come up with good ideas, but it, it also depends on your output. You know, like if you wanted to go into the New Yorker, they expect you to have maybe 10 or 15 ideas every week to show. I just don't come up with that many ideas. Some cartoonists do, some cartoonists don't. So I've sort of kind of buried my cartoon career for many years. I actually started a, um, I, I was still interested in cars and um, I started working for somebody back around 1990 doing, um, being on the wholesale end of selling wheels. So this is when custom aftermarket wheels, the market started growing on that in huge volumes over the 90s. And uh, I know you said you've been at SEMA, the SEMA show. You oh, yeah. The, uh, was that Griots that you worked for? for Gri uh, pronounced Griots, yeah. Um, Griots? yeah. Yeah. When uh, Richard Griots started the brand, I was uh, one, of the, one of the first people he mailed his first catalog to. I was working in the advertising world as a creative director and advertising executive kind of a rep. So I did dual roles and uh, uh, met up with him, convinced him that our firm should be designing his catalog. And then a couple of years later, he gave me a part of his business, brought me in. And that was, I think there was only about four of us there way back mm -hmm. when I was there for over 20 years. But I got to do a lot of creative things there, uh, write copy, design catalogs, travel the world looking for products and ended up being the president running the company for the last seven, eight years I was there. So yeah, it was a great ride. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, I sort of went to see, I was at SEMA both as a buyer when I started my own like wholesale distribution company to, uh, to sell wheels. And then I also worked at, um, I don't know if you, you might remember that the wheel industry had its own 
section. It was the biggest part of SEMA. Oh yeah. That long hall, two-story hall with wheels and tires that the, the hall that the, I used to call that the never ending hall. You'd start <laughs> yeah. walking and it just kept going and going and going. And then That's you'd right. go, you get to the end, you go, Oh my gosh, now I got to go upstairs and walk back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really, it, it was a, a major part of the uh, aftermarket world, uh, especially Still starting is. in like the late mid and late nineties and then into the 2000s it really exploded with right this had a bit to do with um uh you know with the rise of rap music and aftermarket large aftermarket wheels you know? oh yeah I'm, oh yeah I, I don't know if you i remember when uh you know like a 17 inch wheel was considered a big wheel on a car you know <laughs> i know i was now like you, a huge jump now you, you buy know? stock cars with 22 inch <laughs> wheels on them and yeah. you just go oh man i hope i don't hit a pothole <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You also did some motorcycle racing. That was a passion of yours, right? Uh, yes. And I still do um, ride. I haven't gone in a couple of years because I haven't been able to travel down. To, I keep my bike down in North Carolina where my brother lives. And um, I have all my tools and all that stuff in the bike because I go to the tracks. Um, <coughs> I go to uh, VIR in Virginia. And uh, then there's Carolina Motorsports Park. Um, I've done Road Atlanta. So I pretty much stay in those, you know, in that region that's not too far from uh, where my brother is based around in Charlotte area. So it's not too long a ride. We've got a trailer there. You know, I've got all the stuff there. And I hope to uh, go back soon, but um, I haven't been down there in a in at least a couple of years. Well, there's this little thing called COVID that kind of changed. Yeah, that, that, right? kind of, that kind of stopped it. And then I got a cat and that's a long story. A cat. I can't <laughs> cat that I can't Now see, there's long. a cartoon. How <laughs> you're, You got to come up with a cartoon of how my cat keeps me from riding my motorcycle. So there's an, I just planted a spread. <laughs> yeah. I want to see something from you uh, in the next Sports Car Market Magazine about that. But, you know, <laughs> I wanted to touch back on careers and changing because you mentioned cartooning and, you got to a point where you were doing some cartoons and then now we've witnessed, not now, but in the last couple of years, really, maybe longer back, that magazines are kind of waning off. Different kind of magazines are coming out. Newspapers. Who buys a newspaper anymore? I don't know. You know, my next door neighbor gets a newspaper and it's like three pages long. It's kind of a joke. So with cartooning today... Are there people that you're seeing that are still successful? And, and if so, have they found a medium way to do this? And more importantly, obviously, if you're doing it for a living, you got to make money off of it. How are people doing it today? Or are they? is it literally a disappearing art form? Yeah, well, I, I do think, unfortunately, it's narrowed down in the kind of um, options you have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the New Yorker always was the dominant and uh, the biggest goal for everybody. But even more so now, New Yorker is almost the last, you know, there's hardly any magazines that use cartoons anymore or the magazines themselves have disappeared. Now, I did stuff for uh, Playboy and Penthouse so a little one sometimes, and obviously they're long gone. Um, Saturday Review was oh, another magazine, American Health. All these Cosmopolitan, all, all those magazines at one time had cartoons, and it's just it, they got it out of. Um, it's just not in the style of magazine designers anymore. So there, there are both fewer magazines, and they're also perhaps just not. Cartoons seem like an old world thing to put in there. So the New Yorker is mu more dominant 
than ever in the cartoon world. And, um, uh, you know, I am just very happy that sports car market decided to um, let me publish this cartoon every month because it's a subject that I love and I know. And um, you really got to know what you're doing. You really got to be involved in something to make the cartoons. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, last year, I was contacted by somebody who um, was starting another magazine. There's one already out, but he started a magazine about pickleball. Pickleball. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about pickleball. I guess it's like, like tennis, but smaller court with paddles. Yes. And it really exploded in the number of people who do who do it. And they were going to pay very well for cartoons, something like $1,500 a cartoon. So I sent in some, you know, they had an, uh, the person who was going to be the editor. And they were okay. But just to finish the pickleball thing, I realized, they, I think they decided not to do that magazine or they've put it on hold. But I realized, like, I have no interest in pickleball. So how many cartoons could I even do about it? None, really, you know. So uh, that ended my pickleball world, which I really don't care about. Um, (laughs) well it's like anything in life you have to have a passion for it you have to have some knowledge behind it uh, for it to make sense and and i wanted to ask if there have been some influential or mentor type people in your life and since we're talking about cartooning and what you do for sports car market and your passion for cars has there been somebody like that in your world yes well early on when i took took the um went to the cartooning class at the new school there was a cartoonist named mort gerberg he was a new yorker cartoonist he taught there for a number of years, and uh, he basically he basically taught me how to do it, you know, and the steps you take and all that. So I'm grateful to him. He did a, he did a um, he was an excellent teacher, a good cartoonist. He's sort of retired now, but um, semi retired. There, there's a movie um, the New Yorker put out a few years ago called Very Semi Serious, and it was on HBO. And uh, it was made in 2015, and it highlights a number of the cartoonists that are in The New Yorker, and it talks with the editor a lot. And, you know, they portray Mort Gerberg as sort of, he's someone that knows he's towards the end of his career and isn't going to be used as much in The New Yorker. And that is, you know, basically what happens. We go into this sort of a, a, a new generation comes into that. They now have a new editor and a whole new cast of cartoonists, basically. Some of the ones from my my era are still in there, and uh, they're excellent. And then you got like Roz Chast, who's perhaps the most famous. Everybody knows her stuff. She's incredibly good. What were some of the the lessons that Mort taught you? You said there was different categories or different parts of teaching cartooning. What, what were those? Well, you know, you you would teach you like you're basically a cartoon is a snapshot of a of a scene. You know, so you sort of have to pick the right the right snapshot. You know, if you show something that's a little too late or too early, then it doesn't make sense. So, you know, he, he was very, very good at teaching the kind of angles or look that you want to give to the drawings. And then also, if, the, if it's a cartoon, not all cartoons have lines. I think some of the best cartoons are just images. You know, he also knew a lot about how to write a line and so on. Um, which has always been a difficult thing for me. I write many lines and I just takes me months to f- just change a few words around to get it right. Um, or sometimes I never get it right. Anyway, um, more, you know, so Mort was a, a very um, important teacher with that. Then there's Sam Gross is the other. Um, he's even a more well-known cartoonist. You probably have seen his stuff. He was the 
lead cartoonist in National Lampoon when they first came out. And he is still in the New Yorker. He's in his 80s. He is just one of the greatest cartoonists of all time and pro- incredibly prolific, too. So he also helped me by putting me, he was doing book collections back in the 90s where that he edited and brought people in and he would have his own cartoons in there and he he, he would use the number of my cartoons. So um, I still see him once in a while. Sam, Sam Gross. And, uh, I think everybody, I think everybody will know his stuff and you look at it. He's, he's an iconic cartoonist, I'd say. Very cool. Yeah. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about some challenges. We have touched on some of those here today. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars. Yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to linkagemag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. We all count on skilled auto technicians to ensure that our families and ourselves are safe on the road. That an airplane will get me safely to my destination. That trucks are moving the stock to shelves of essential parts and things that we need. That's why Tech Force Foundation's slogan is so appropriate. When techs rock, America rolls. I love that. Tech Force is a charity of cars, yeah. And like all charities... They need our support. If you love cars and can relate to the young person's desire to turn their passion into a career, go to techforce.org today and donate or become a volunteer. That's techforce.org. So, Larry, let's talk about this. My What I call my challenge question is really a moment in time in your life that was a big challenge, maybe even a big failure, but most importantly, what was the valuable lesson that you took away from that that you can look back now and say, wow, okay, I see the positive in that situation? I would say um, in my uh, the wheel, uh, wholesale wheel distribution I had for many years, what did very well for a while. And then um, I, around 2006 or seven, <laughs> the whole industry kind of changed. The Chinese came in and started distributing their own brands of wheels and took a lot of the market, of course. And, you know, I, I was never, I never had big amounts of money to have a big um, distribution company. So that kind of went downhill within about a year. And, uh, you know, it was devastating. I always thought, oh, I'm going to have this great company for many years. So it was terrible at first and very, very stressful. It was around 2006, six, seven to eight, somewhere in there. So I basically, um, you know, I had to close that business up eventually. And a lot of, a lot of wheel 
companies, manufacturers, and so on either went out of business too, or they sold their brand name to somebody else. So there was a lot of changes in that world. I'm totally out of that world now. I don't care about wheels anymore. And I just realized I had had enough of it anyway. You know, I, I, I was, I'm now much happier to be doing, going back to my both creative work. And it was really my first chance to become uh, involved in the classic car w- world, which um, I didn't really know much about, to tell you the truth. So this was became a, sort of a new thing. My my older brother has been going down to um, like Amelia Island since I think the late 90s. and uh, But I didn't go till probably 2010 or so was my first time there. He would always tell me how great it was, but I never really got it until I first went there. <laughs> it's a great event. Uh, it's incredible. And I became just much more interested in classic cars. I like motorcycles too, but in some ways cars have, you know, because there's such a difference in design between cars, I think there's just more to it in many ways with the styling and the different eras of cars and so on. The Quail, uh, which has a great event during Car Week, also puts on, I believe it's in May, a really nice motorcycle show uh, at their facility down in Monterey Valley, Monterey, California, or Carmel Valley, I should say, uh, that you should plan on attending sometime. They've got some wonderful bikes that they people bring in from all over the world. So uh, that's another one to add to your bucket list now that traveling is somewhat back in line, <laughs> although it's yes, still, still yeah. challenging. You know, we want I always like to talk about special vehicles. And for you, that could be a motorcycle. Whatever it is, I'd love for you to share a story about one special vehicle that's been in your life. Well, in the car world, it absolutely, what happened was, well, we, my brother and I heard that someone, we heard from a restoration shop that we've had a long history with. The owner told us that uh, some, he heard that some guy in uh, the Charlotte area has a Mercedes 230 SL that he, he can't drive anymore. He wants to sell. So we went, we looked at it and we ended up buying it. And, and um, it was in fairly good condition, sort of a mediocre restoration had been done to it by him. But um, we did some further restoration and we then found out we were looking into the history of the car and, I don't know if you know me with Mercedes, they have these data cards that the factory made and the car didn't have its data card. So I contacted Mercedes to get the data card. And when I got it, I saw that it, on the, on, it was a very early car, number 279 or 249, I think out of um, the first 230 SLs. So that's extraordinarily early. And then it turned out that this car, that I looked on the data card and in handwriting, it said, uh, the name Corel de Beaufort. And uh, I didn't know who it was. Most people won't know who it is in the U.S., but when I looked it up, he was a, um, it turned out he was a well-known du- um, Dutch race car driver. He, he'd had a good history racing cars in the in the 50s. And then in the 60s, he started Grand Prix racing in a Porsche, one of those uh, Porsche 718s. And he actually owned this car and we found photographs of him racing it in a hill climb going up uh going up a hill climb in in uh, near his uh, in in holland and then pictures of it waiting to be shipped with his porsche to the u.s where he went he did the grand prix races he took it to watkins Glen, and he brought the mercedes along with him as a uh, you know just as a car to use 
while he's there. And then he went down to the Mexico Grand Prix. This is all in 1960. Um, this is all in 1963. And um, then the car sort of disappeared. In 1964, he was killed in the Nürburgring. The Beaufort was killed at a Nürburgring accident in one of those Porsches. So I have researched his stuff. I learned everything about him from a Dutch, young Dutch race driver instructor who was dedicated to him and had a, has a big website about him. Anyway, we ended up, this was the most extraordinary find. I think I will never have something like that again, that this car was in the U.S. since 19, we think of around 1970 or so. And nobody ever knew its history until we just learned about it then. So we decided to, um, we placed it at auction with Bonhams. And first we were going to do it at Amelia Island. But then we decided that it might do better shipped over to their, uh, out of their Zoot auction in, um, that they hold in Belgium. Oh, sure. To be right next to Holland, Netherlands. We figured a Netherlands buyers would be the most interested. So we, we shipped it over there. Bonhams did a fantastic film of it racing up uh, we 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 i drove it up uh, some hill climb in uh, north carolina so that looked sort of like the history that it had, had you know and um they played the video in, in bonhams you know the car seemed to, we had the big pictures up that he did and it did all right you know it did better than it would have in the u.s but i, I was kind of disappointed in what it brought and i think bonhams went all out it just didn't happen. And uh, my Dutch friend told me that oh, he said he would have bought it for more than we got at the auction. He said that generally they, they don't have people just don't regularly buy cars in Holland on auctions. They do private sales and so on. Interesting. So, uh, well, so, yeah. So I learned that at the wrong time. It was too late. Well. <laughs> but, uh, I think I, it was such a fun trip. And I got to go see, I don't know, in Zoot is. Um, also has a fantastic gathering of cars during that auction. That's why they hold it there. And there's, I, I'd never seen anything like it. The number of people involved in doing the road trips around there, they don't care if the cars get, you know, muddy, mud on them. You know, they're all through town. Thousands of people are watching them drive around through the city. It was fantastic. It was a great trip. It um, was fun to see that car go up at the Bonhams auction. You know, that's that's the best that I'll never have another experience like that, that's for sure. Well, the great thing about Europeans, they tend to use their cars more than here and they like to get out if you just go to Goodwood and watch the vintage racing there compared to the US. I mean, overseas it's serious racing. They're bumping fenders and doing all sorts of crazy things. So it's it's a different mindset, which is a bit refreshing that the cars get used as they should. I'm gonna be a bit of a psychologist here and crawl into your mind. If you were manifest, reincarnated, excuse the pun, as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Well, let's see. I thought about that, and I, I think I would be an Alpha GTV. Okay. Why is that? Both because uh, I, I still like to uh, ride my motorcycle, ride mountain bikes, so I, I feel like I still have that kind of life uh crisp handling that the Alpha GT has, GTV has, but um, I'm also... I also am developing that rust problem that alphas usually get though too <laughs> yeah. as I age. So, um, yep, you know, I've got, I've got both the good and the bad about the Alpha GTV. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm deteriorating, but I'm still uh, handle well, I I'm guess. I'm still there. Well, we'll get, <laughs> we'll, I'll send you a little Bondo. 
<laughs> fix some of those rusty spots. How about a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Let's see. Well, I um, thought of two books, which one car related one, and which was a very important book to me was Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Which um, uh, I think that was an important book for many people back then. I don't know how popular it is still now, but it was, it really, uh, you know, I was maybe 19 when I read that, and it both got me more interested in motorcycles and also just in the kind of, kind of, uh, ethics or a kind of viewpoint that the writer had. So that's a big book. I also like um, Animal Animal Liberation by uh, Peter Singer. Another big book for me. So this is a big part of my world. That one's not ever been recommended. Of course, Zen in the Yard of Motorcycle Maintenance has. Uh, but uh, yeah, what is that book about? Animal Liberation is just about the way, you know, it's it, it was kind of a um, groundbreaking way of how to consider um, animals and the use of animals and the cruelty to animals. Things like oh, that. okay. Okay. So this was, uh, um, you know, it's become a bigger growing issue over the years, but Peter Singer was really the first, maybe the first to write a big book about it. And it, I think it affected many people who are my age now. And, uh, and um, I've heard him speak at some of the gatherings in New York city outside and uh, uh, anyway, it's still, I still have it in my little library along with the many other books and that, and, uh, I'm, I'm involved in all, that's a big part of my world is the animal, uh, animal rights movement. So I'm going to take you, or I'm not going to take you, I'm going to enable you. That's a better way to say it for what I call the ultimate drive. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. Park that in front of your apartment, your house, your garage. You can take it anywhere you'd like and you can take anybody with you even somebody from the past. So what does that ultimate drive look like for you, Larry? Well, let's see. My ultimate drive would be, uh, I do have a Bugatti Veyron, um, but of course it's only a model, so I can't okay. really buy it. <laughs> I was no. going to say, what? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, 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 we'll go back to my more normal car, which is a 93 Lexus. But if I had my choice of, uh, uh, boy, if I had my choice of cars, I might want to take a, Either a suit. I don't think I would take a supercar like that. I think I would like to have a, uh, uh, again, maybe an Alpha GTV. Um, okay. Or um, where would I go? I'd like to take a long drive through. Uh, my girlfriend is American Brazilian. She lived in Florida for many years, but her home base is in Rio. And uh, I've done some of the driving through Brazil, and some of it is just amazing to see. And uh, but I feel like I've seen you know, 2% of the country there. So I would love to take a long trip through Brazil. It might be better than an SUV though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Not really, because, you know, you never know when you, I've run in, we run into roads that they're fine at first. Beautiful. There are beautiful paved roads there, but then you go into sections where it's dirt. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very different than the U.S. where, you know, we got the interstates everywhere and that kind of thing. So uh, that's what I do. And I'd bring her along, but she doesn't like the way I drive. Well, and, maybe uh, let her do a little driving. <laughs> yeah, I do. And then I don't like the way she drives. <laughs> Uh-oh. She, so we, we're constantly having uh, having to go to therapy sessions about our, drive, <laughs> our driving. She thinks I drive too fast. I think she wanders around the road too much. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> it's a work in progress, relationships <laughs> <Yeah>. and driving. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Larry, you've taken us on a fun ride today, and I'd love for you to leave us with some words of inspiration, a success quote, or maybe a mantra. 
I thought about a line. Let's see. I could give you a quick line here. and uh, It would be that I, uh, I wish I was a headlight on a northbound train. Uh, it's just a lyric that I, uh, is one of my favorite lyrics. Uh, and I think um, anybody who looks it up will see what it's from. All right. There you go. How can people learn more about you and follow you? Well, they, uh, my website where I um, post my cartoons it's just ltreple.com. That's L-T-R-E-P-E-L.com. I run ads in that for that in uh, sports car market every few months, but uh-huh. uh, that's my cartoon website. I also have some non-car, non-car cartoons on there. I just kind of split in half. So you can see some other cartoons there. And um, they're available as prints. Uh, once in a while, somebody wants an original, which is even better. There you go. Cool. You also have an Instagram page, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And what is that? It's um, called Cars and Cartoons. Cars and Cartoons. Easy to find. Yeah. I'll put links to these on Larry's show notes page so you can find those and follow. And, of course, you should should be subscribing to Sports Car Market Magazine where you can see his cartoon every single month. I want to do a shout-out. Thank you to our mutual friend, Alexander Sultanis, who recommended and introduced me to Larry. So, Alex, thank you very much. You always bring some great guests here to Cars, yeah? Larry, thanks for being so generous today with your uh, time, your expertise, and sharing your story and your life. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay. Thank you very much for having me on. I am most grateful for it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!